Man, she's good. And, you know, I've never seen you guys get more quiet or so quiet so quickly, except when my wife comes up. Is that like a anointing thing or like a teacher thing? I don't know. But, uh, hey, okay, so we're going to get into the Word. Hold on a second. All right, we're going to get into the Word, but before we do, I got some things we got to do, okay? So, um, uh, I, here it is. This week, we're going to put an offer on a facility. Good. So, we need the favor of the Lord. Now, we're going to, the leaders, some of the leaders, we're still going to go look at it and everything. We're still kind of in the beginning stages, but we've sensed the leading of the Spirit on this. There's been blessing from the Lord on this. We're putting in an offer to a, a person who is a, a Christ follower, and we're asking, though, for a lot of favor of this person. And so we need to ask the Lord, because I believe he's already working, but what we've been praying is that we've been saying, Lord, Lord, open this person's heart, that, that he would see that this would be the blessing for him, but Lord, give us favor. And so I'm telling you, I told some people already, I said, when the Lord does it, it's going to be all him, because it's just not something that is possible necessarily in the natural. Does it make sense? Because it's not just like, oh, we're so amazing and wise and have lots and lots of money. No, it's actually more like, Lord has said to us, I have something for you. He told us to look. We've been looking. Now we're led to go and put an offer on. So I want us to join together in united faith and ask the Lord to do what, what we sense him doing. Amen? And we do that. And of course, you guys know this is a tool, a facility. Well, we have one right here, but a facility will give us more of an ability to reach more people and disciple them and to multiply. As we've talked about, we want to see more disciples come to the Lord and even multiply churches, not just have a big church or one church but actually have pastors raised up and churches multiplied. We could work together, of course, but, and, and some of you don't know. You're like, well, why would you want to do that? Because actually the most effective, proven, absolutely proven way to uh, see more people come to Jesus is through church planting. Hands down, that's what evangelism really is. You go, you lead someone to Jesus, you get them into community where they can be discipled, period. And so that's what more life groups are, the more life groups we have. More discipleship's going to happen. And the more uh, churches that are out there, the more people will be reached. And so that is some of what God wants to do. But anyways, this facility is a big step for us. All right. I know you guys are like, okay, Dave, let's go. So pray with me out loud in faith, and I'll just lead us, and you just agree with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you've led us. Thank you, Lord, that you have promised us a facility to be used for your glory, God. This is for you, Lord. And so we ask for your grace to abound. Give us favor with this gentleman. Uh, We pray blessing on him in Jesus' name, that you would bless him, open his heart to us, and give us favor, Lord. We ask that the things that we're asking of him, that he would be good with, Lord, and you would cause him to increase and bless him, that you'd even give him two, three more buildings because of the because he's giving us this one, Lord. And, and so, Lord, we ask you for this facility. We ask that you would give it to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Yeah. All right. Oh, by the way, when I say give it to us, real quick, I mean lease it. Okay, so not necessarily purchase yet. Yet. Just lease. But that's, leasing is important. Awesome. Hey, Sean. Uh, okay, so we got, got one more thing here. Come on over here. So I'm over there with uh, Jesus Culture. You guys have heard of Jesus Culture before? Maybe some of you. Kind of signs and wonders and worship and get speakers and yeah, rah, rah, pump up. Okay, go change the world. Okay, that's it. So um, I'm over there and it's a good time and they send us out. Aaron, did you see it too? See the lady thing? Yeah. Okay. She was with me. It was really cool. So we're um, 
we're walking through City Walk, and they've, they've released us to go pray for people, do treasure hunts, basically, right? In the middle of City Walk, after we've left the Gibson Amphitheater for, like, lunch or something. And as we're walking through, there's, like, this crowd, and it blocks almost most of the way. You kind of have to, like, to even get around it. The security guards are freaking out, like, whoa, whoa, break it up, break it up. You know, they're freaking out. And, uh, and everyone's, like, standing around. Christians, non-Christians, like, what is going on? Trying to see this, what is going on, right? And as you get closer, you start to feel it. As you, as you, like, wiggle through people, like, what is going on? You feel like Zacchaeus, you know, you're like, you know? And then, like, you notice, like, in the middle of this huge, like, 100-person group of people, there's this lady in a wheelchair, and you get the whispers, 15 years, 15 years. She's been in a wheelchair 15 years, 15 years. And then, yes. And then, yes, it happened. Middle of city walk, She's got her husband with her, her daughter, and she's doing this. She does that, and she's walking around. Holy moly. <laughs> oh, holy, holy God, right? Boom. Oh, wow. She's walking around, and everyone's going. Right, when she did that, you guys are like, oh, that's cool. When she did that, the crowd went like this. Oh, gosh! <laughs> Everyone is freaking out because, like, there was a guy who was one of the directors. He was talking to one of the workers over here, like in the corner, like at one of the shops. He's like, what do you think about that, man? And he goes, I think Jesus is here. He's freaking out. It was really cool. It was a really good time. There's so many healings and, and it just, it was just happening. So, yeah. Oh, man, it's powerful, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I read my Bible and it says I'll lay my hands on people in the name of Jesus and they will recover. Did you read that? I read that in the Bible. Anyone else? You know where that? It's in Mark 16, if you don't know where it is. All right, Mark 16. So Sean told me that the presence of the Lord was thick. Non-believers feeling the presence of God, watching a miracle right there. That's powerful stuff. We're to be salt and light in our communities, not just on City Walk, our workplace, friends, family members, all that. And so what we're going to do is we're going to dive into the Word of God and learn about His abiding presence today. If you turn to Ephesians chapter 5, and before we read Ephesians 5, and before I Declare to you the word of the Lord. Sean and the team are going to lead us in a song, or not lead us in a song, minister to us in song from Ephesians 5. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Just ask the Lord. Say, fill me with your spirit, Lord. Just tell him right now. Just fill me with your spirit. Just tell the Lord, I open my heart to your word. Lord, speak to me through your word. Fill me with your spirit, Lord. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5 verse, starting in verse 18. I don't know if there's a bit of a weird echo, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Ephesians 5, 18, we're learning about the abiding presence of the Lord. And this is what Ephesians 5, 18 says. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's do that again. Can we put that up there? Go to verse 18. Let's read this together. You guys ready? One, two, three. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. 
speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5.18, be filled with the Spirit. This is what we've been learning. How to become a people of the abiding presence of God. A people who are saturated, filled with the presence of God constantly. And what the Lord is teaching us, what the Lord is really, He's convincing our hearts, is that if we have His presence, we have everything we need. If you didn't hear those messages, you can get them on, on, online or get them in the CD on the back. That if you don't have anything in the natural, but you have Him, He's with you and His presence is upon you, you have everything you need. And we're learning that Jesus, He wants to lead us. He wants to form His character in us. He wants to fulfill His calling through us and He wants to do it by His grace. Amen? That it's not our might, it's not our power, but it's His Spirit, right? Remember? Not by might, not by power, by my Spirit, says the Lord. The Lord wants to produce His character and His calling in us by His Spirit. And the Lord is inviting us to be a people who would depend on Him and rely on Him in such a way that He could get His will done in our lives. And so we're learning how to do that. Be filled with the Spirit. We need this, don't we? We need to be filled with the Spirit. Let me tell you, being filled with the Spirit, this is the only way to live for Jesus. This is the only way, I like to say it's the only way to fly. It's the only way to fly. This is the only way to live because you cannot love like God loves without God. And you cannot become like Christ without Christ. You cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit without the Spirit. And you cannot do the ministry that Jesus has called you to without the Holy Spirit filling you and empowering you and enabling you. This is the only way to fly. Filled with the Spirit. Now, I was mentioning a couple weeks ago, this really is, if you will, this is one of, if not my most important life message. Not necessarily, I don't mean necessarily these sermons and the way I'm doing them. I just mean that this reality, that it's His grace and His power, Him working in us to willing to do, that changes us and causes us to be like Him. I remember when I was 16 and I came to the Lord. And I had been giving myself to worldly things and drunkenness and sexual morality and things like that. I was bound in lust at 16, many years ago. And I remember crying out to God for freedom. Crying out to God for freedom. I remember the Lord showed me in His Word, He who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That thing had its foot on my neck. I was a Christian, born again. You know, I came to the Lord. And man, I'm forgiven of every sin. I'm righteous in Christ. But I was still struggling. And I saw in the word of God that he promises, if you will call on me, I will save you. There are promises in the word of God, amen? There is power. Is anything impossible to God? 
But you know, we forget the other verse. Nothing is impossible to him who believes. See, the Lord wants to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. Second Chronicles 16. The Lord is looking around the world to find people who worship him in spirit and truth, whose hearts are loyal to him, who believe him, who take him at his word. And he's looking around, looking. Do you, will you believe me? Will you believe me? Will you take me at my word? Will you be like Joshua? Will you be like Caleb who had a different spirit? Will you believe me? He's looking because when he finds someone like Joshua and Caleb, when he finds someone like King David, he says, I'm going to show myself strong on behalf of that person. If you just take me at my word, you'd believe me. I will show myself strong. I didn't know those things back then, but I had come to the Lord and I saw in the word a promise. I didn't even realize what promises were. I'm saying, I didn't know the Bible back then. All I knew, I'm forgiven, I'm righteous. And I read in the word of God, walk worthy of the calling. So I said, okay, I need to walk worthy of the calling. Have your mind renewed. These are the Holy, things the Holy Spirit were teaching me as a new Christian. Oh man, I need my mind renewed. I've been jacked up for 16 years. So I'm just getting in the word. I'm eating the word. And I saw, he who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I didn't have 12-step programs. I didn't have self-will. I didn't have all these things. Have any of that stuff? I looked to the Lord and I said, You said he who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I'm asking you, God, set me free. Deliver me, God. Save me. You said you would do it. And as I began to just cry out to God and study his word, he began to build up my faith. And he said, I want to do it more than you want it. He said, I'm the one working in you. Willing and doing. And he began to show me the promises in his word. I'm going to take the promises of God. I began to say, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. I'm going to cry out to God. And I remember, I remember nine months or so after I was crying out to God like that. I remember one day just realizing, I'm not struggling with this anymore. Just walked out of, I just walked right out of it, walking in freedom. Wait a minute. See, a lot of times we don't even realize that he is working in us to will and to do. A lot of times these growth things, because they're in our character, they're slow. They're little by little. And if we're not celebrating and praising him all along the way, we miss it. We grumble, we complain, or you know, like I said last week, we go 20 steps forward and two back, and then we beat ourselves up and blame God for the two steps back instead of giving him glory for the 20 steps forward. And I remember I walked right out of that lust and I just thought, man, I haven't even been struggling with it. And I continue to this day to continue to walk in purity by the grace of God. By the grace of God. What if I'd stopped depending on the grace of God? What would happen? I'd fall like a rock. There's only one way to fly. You've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What I'm trying to say to you is if you have nothing but you have his presence, you have everything you need. The Bible says you have everything you need for life and godliness. I've seen the Lord do this in my life, in every single area of my life. Any amount of character I have, even a little bit, any amount of character, he did it as I cried out to him and I worshiped him and he changed me from the inside out, little by little. Breakthroughs I've seen in my marriage. As Michelle and I, you know, even just maybe six years ago, we saw things, I saw things where 
I'll be honest with you, it was like, man, this is just not, we're just not connecting. There was division, honestly, in our marriage. There was like a wedge. I remember the Holy Spirit showing me. There was like a wedge that the enemy had driven in between us. It's not like we didn't, weren't friends or didn't love each other or didn't connect at times, but there, there was a lot of things that just were not where we wanted them to be. There was, there was frustration on both of our parts, and there was places where there just wasn't that real deep connection and, 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 and we would, and it manifests in, you know, certain fights that happen or certain grievances we had towards one another. And I'm telling you, I said to God, I'm not going to live miserable. And divorce isn't an option. So you're going to have to come through. He's looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. I say, God, you got to do something here. I mean, I've been, I mean, my wife, she knows I'm pretty honest. I was like, I don't even want to have another, we had John David. I don't want to have another kid until we on some of this stuff and grow. We're going to bring more kids into this, you know? It was, again, it wasn't like our marriage was horrible, but there was things we both wanted to see breakthrough on. And I began to cry out to God. I began to worship the Lord over this. God, I want breakthrough. I want breakthrough. I need breakthrough. And a lot of times it was like, change her, change her, you know, and the Lord, you've heard me say that, and the Holy Spirit was like, you're the problem. And you know, here's the thing. There were things that needed to change in her. She would freely admit it. Not as many things in her as in me. She would freely admit that too, but you know, it only takes one person. You know that, right? It takes two to play tennis. One person stops playing the game, you're done, right? All the Lord needed was for this man to do it his way and it would change everything in my marriage. And that's exactly what happened. I began to cry out to God. He began to say, no, that's wrong in your character. That's wrong in the way you talk. That's wrong in your attitude. I'm talking month after month after month, year, couple years, as I'm seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord, little by little. I'm changing. I'm getting breakthrough. I'm getting breakthrough. I'm getting breakthrough. And what's happening? The more I change, the more she began to trust the more her heart began to open, the Lord began to work on her heart, began to change her. I mean, not begin. It was all, he was always working. And we've stepped into in these last, I mean, really, we've seen a, like a real blessing even the last number of years. But even in the last couple years, or even in the last year and a half, we've stepped into a place of partnership and unity and working together on many things. Ministry, now we're going to be homeschooling soon. And we would never have been able to do that in unity without the intimacy and the trust issues being dealt with. So now we can work together in a powerful way and the potential that God had intended for our marriage is now coming forth. Amen? And why did, how did that happen? Because I'm smart and slick and I read a bunch of books. But God, I'm telling you, only by His grace because He shows Himself strong on behalf of those who are loyal to Him This is what the Lord is trying to teach us. He's trying to teach us that we need his presence in our life. And if we have his presence, we have everything we need. And we need to learn how to depend on the Lord. You can see this in Ephesians chapter 5. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. You know, the next couple commands are, wives respect your husbands, and husbands love your wives. How are we supposed to do that? Be filled with the Spirit. It's impossible otherwise. And listen to what he's saying. Do not be drunk with wine, verse 18. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. Do not be drunk with wine. Do not be drunk with wine. Do not be drunk with wine, right? 
Think about this. How do you get drunk? It's a really easy question, right? Do, drunk with wine. We all know. You don't even need the Bible to know that, right? Come on, you guys know. How do you get drunk? Alcohol, right? Alcohol. Why? Because there's something in the characteristics of alcohol, isn't there? Isn't there? Okay? I remember one time I, was, I came to church, I was a little bit extra excited, and Charity was like, hey, did you drink a little bit extra coffee today? Extra cup? And I said, well, maybe. But that's actually why not, I don't, that's not necessarily why I get excited. I remember students, I teach at 7.30 in the morning at, at Life, and, and they, how much coffee do you drink in the morning? And back then I didn't drink any. Now I drink, honestly, I drink maybe like a half a cup or maybe a little small cup. Uh, unlike some people drink a pot, but you know, I'm just missing. Uh, okay, and, and, and I didn't drink coffee back then, and it's 7.30, and I'm like, bam, oh yeah, praise God, preaching the word, teaching everything, and they're like, man, how much coffee do you drink? I mean, literally, boy or young, young man raises his hands up, asked me in the middle of class, I get none, because that's not what gets me excited. But we know caffeine has certain characteristics that will change you, right? It changes your physical, I mean, it's chem, you know, talk to the chemist, chemistry teachers around here. But, you know, it has certain characteristics that affect you, right? They affect you. Nowadays, you've got kids ODing on those energy drinks because they don't drink water, they just drink those things. And there's so much caffeine, it's killed some people. That's crazy, huh? Because there's characteristics in there that affect you physically. But it's not just physical, is it? Don't be drunk with wine. There's certain characteristics in wine that affect us. Not just wine, hard liquor, alcohol, anything, okay? They affect us. They affect us. Though that substance, that thing we call wine, it has characteristics in it that when you put it in your body, it changes you, right? Now, all food does this, basically. But there are certain substances in the Bible, I mean, certain substances in the world that God created that they were meant to be in balance. Well, all things in balance, right? Don't be drunk with wine. Don't be drunk with wine. And so the wine is what causes you to be drunk, right? Now, it's not just that when you're drunk, you lose physical control. That, there's a reason they call them spirits. Especially alcohol, but other substances, prescription medications, uh, uh, abuse, I mean, when we abuse them, uh, 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 non-prescription medications, that kind of thing, they change us. They don't just begin to, you don't just begin to lose your physical control, you begin to lose spiritual control. And it leads, what the Bible says, to dissipation, to sin. What happens is when you compromise and give your control to anything other than the Lord, that thing controls you. And it will lead to sin. That's what happens. So not just like you're drinking some wine, Okay, hold on a second. Let me stop there. By the way, real quick, wine actually, by the way, God made wine. The Bible says to make the heart of man glad. Jesus drank wine, some fermented grape juice. All right, so he enjoyed that, but always in moderation, yeah, with some meal, that kind of a thing. But when you're drinking, even let's say in our church settings, and maybe we're all hanging out, and you're drinking, and you're doing it because, oh, you want to be cool, or you're going beyond the limit of just having a little beer or something, like some wine with a meal, and it's going beyond that, and you're beginning to lose control You're not just losing physical control. It is opening your heart to be tempted with lust, with thoughts from the enemy, with spirits that would lead you to do things. And it's not just in that moment that you would make dumb choices and be controlled by that, but it's a lifestyle of compromise that leads you into control and to what the Bible calls dissipation. 
But it's because of a surrendering or a, a, a giving ourselves to that. Now, you have to drink a lot, you know? Not, well, maybe, now some people, they can't hold their liquor. But, like, if you just take a sip or something, it's probably not going to affect you, right? In order to be drunk, what do you have to do? You've got to keep doing it pretty regularly at that moment. You've know, you got to keep getting it in there until it causes your body to change. Changes your mood, changes your personality, that kind of a thing. Bible says don't do that. God's saying don't do that. Don't be filled with that. You know, even just before this passage, he said, don't do this with sexual morality. So anything, he's saying anything that you begin to put into yourself or you begin to look to as, as, as I need this or I need to put my dependence on this, anything like that becomes your God, it controls you, okay? So we're supposed to not do that. What are we supposed to do? How do we get free from that stuff? How do we walk in the fullness of God? Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. So what are you being filled with? What do you get drunk with? No, wine. What do you get drunk with? You get drunk with wine. Yeah, I'm just going with the straightforward here. Be filled with the Spirit. So when God is filling you with His Spirit, what's happening? The characteristics of the Holy Spirit are coming into you and changing you. This is why the Lord doesn't want us to, us to give ourselves to anything other than Him. Again, I'm not saying you can't have a beer or some wine with dinner or something like that. The Bible makes it clear there's a freedom there. But let's not use our freedom for cover-up for evil, right? No, we need to be filled with the Spirit. Listen, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to come into us, fill us, intoxicate us, if you will, saturate us. He wants to affect us affect us and so what happens is the qualities and the characteristics of the spirit when you feel the spirit begin to change you begin to change your mood begin to change your personality begin to change your behavior what happens you can tell when someone's drunk huh and you go hey you shouldn't drive but like i said way before you shouldn't drive there are other things you should not operate okay that's what the Holy Spirit's saying. Hey, it's not about the car keys that we're concerned about. It's we're concerned about dissipation. I'm telling you, you'll get way before you'll lose your control with the car, you'll lose control with sexual things. We need to be very careful with this, okay? Anyways, back to, okay, back to the real point. Filled with the Spirit, with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has the characters of Christ in Him, amen? So what happens when you are filled with Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit, Christ's character, begins to get formed in you. Right? Love, joy, peace, self-control, patience. If you're filled with the Spirit, then the qualities of the Spirit are going to transform you from the inside out. Do you catch that? Just like wine affects us, the Holy Spirit wants to affect us. You catch that? The Holy Spirit. And so what's going to manifest from our life? If you can tell when someone's drunk, let me tell you, you can tell when someone's filled with the Spirit. What's going to happen when we're filled with the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit. People are going to say, you remind me of somebody. 
patience is going to begin to be formed on the inside of you. Your mood will begin to change, joy and peace. Your attitude, your perception, your mind will be renewed. The character of Christ formed in you, and not only the character of Christ, what happens when the Holy Spirit fills us? The gifts of the Spirit too. Why? Why do the gifts of the Spirit fill us and manifest from our life? Because it's Him. Same Spirit, not like two different spirits. I mean, there's some churches where it's like, be filled, but let's not talk about the gifts. Whoa, We're called to the ministry of Jesus. If Christ is in you, what will manifest out of your life? Christ. Both his character and his ministry. With power. With power. The gifts of the Spirit. So when you're filled with the Spirit, what's true of Jesus begins to be formed in you. But what do you have to do to get drunk? You've got to keep drinking. What do you have to do to be filled with Spirit? You've got to keep drinking. Until what? Until you're affected consumed, inundated, saturated. You need to let the Spirit affect you in such a way that Christ's character forms in you. I think a lot of times Christians, they don't let, they're not, they don't walk filled. They don't, they don't drink enough of the Spirit to actually have the Holy Spirit affect them till they, if you will, get drunk with the Spirit. And of course, when we're drunk in the Spirit, we can walk a straight line, not a crooked line, Right? We walk in the Spirit, we walk in righteousness. And and you're drunk with wine, it leads to dissipation. But how do we get filled with the Spirit? How How do you get drunk with wine? What do you have to drink? Come on, right? Right, how do you get drunk with the Spirit? I mean, drunk with the, drunk with wine, you have to drink? Why? You have to drink wine or you have to drink alcohol. How do you get filled with Spirit? You have to drink the Spirit. Not the Spirit's. The Spirit, one Holy Spirit, right? You have to drink the Spirit. So how do you drink? You're like, what the? How do I drink the Spirit? Be filled with the Spirit. You're being filled with the Spirit. How do you do that? Well, it says it right here in the text, doesn't it? Right here. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart, to the Lord, giving thanks for all things. How many things? To God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now in the Greek, this is actually a participle. Don't worry, I won't go too far down this road. Right there with speaking, that's called a participle. It actually is modifying the main verb, be filled. So it actually should have inserted in there a by would be the best way to do it. When you're given a command and then a participle, it's usually do this and this is how you're going to do it. It's just the way Greek works. All right, anyways, back to, back to the main point. You, we should really be saying this, or this is really what's being implied. You can actually see it in the English as well. What's being implied is be filled with the Spirit by speaking psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs from one another, singing, that'd be number two, with an attitude of thankfulness, thankful for all things, all things, How do you drink of the Spirit? Praise. Every time we sing to the Lord, every time we boast in our God, every time we give Him glory, every time we declare that He's faithful to His promises, every time we thank Him for what He's doing and what He will do, boasting, you promise that you'll do it. Every time we cry out to God as well, prayerfully saying, God, I need you. You're the only one. That's boasting, by the way, right? You're the only one. I got no other hope. I need you to come through, and I'm asking you to do it. That kind of worship, not half-hearted, 
but all of our hearts, worshiping Lord, Spirit, and truth, and crying out with fervency and desperation, that kind of worship and prayer, that's how you drink of the Spirit. Every time you sing, every time you pray, you're literally taking another drink. And how do you get drunk? You've got to keep drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking, right? And how do you, how do you get filled with the Spirit? You have to keep drinking and drinking and drinking of the Spirit through prayer and worship for Him to affect you. Amen, brother. And you never have the shame or the, uh, or the hangover or any other thing. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks for all things, right? Giving thanks for all things. This is how we drink of the Spirit. See, you and I are called to manifest Christ. You, you and I are called to become just like Jesus, to manifest His character. We've been talking about this. You and I are called to make disciples. You and I are called to do the ministry of Jesus. You have a calling and assignment on your life, and the Lord wants you to fulfill it, and He wants to do it by His power and His grace in you. He's the leader, amen? He's the Lord of the process like we've been talking about. And if you have Him, you have everything you need. He said, make disciples, and I'm going to be with you to do it. And you say, but Dave, how do I really depend on the Lord? How do I really become a person of his presence? Tune in and become a sensitive to his presence. How do I do this? Let me, let me turn this around. What does Dave Turner do when he sees lack in himself? They go, okay, praise God, I have a calling. And I see lack in the area of my calling. I see the character of Christ up here, and I see me here. And there's this gap. And I go, what do I do? Now, a lot of people, they lower the standard, don't they? We just lower the standard. I'm just, I'm not called to evangelism. That's just not my gift. That's a cop-out. We justify, we make excuses, or we try to do it in our own human effort. We strive, we struggle, we try to prove it, earn, earn it, try to prove to God we can do it, or we beat ourselves up and we condemn ourselves and then we just kind of go passive. But what's the Lord saying? He's saying, come to me. Depend on me. What do I do when I see lack in me? What do I do? A couple, about a month or two ago, I was painting my house, doing some repairs. What do I do when I go to Home Depot to get some stuff, and I'm in a hurry because I'm thinking about my stuff, right? And I get to Home Depot, and this gentleman's helping me, and I notice that this gentleman is limping. And now that I think about it, I think backwards to the story, he kind of looked like he was in pain. And he helps me, and the Holy Spirit prompts me to pray for him. And I don't. And I move on with my day, and I buy my stuff, because, Holy Spirit, I really have stuff I have to get done. And I move on with my day, and I walk right by him, and I didn't lay my hands on him. What do I do? What do I do when I see a lack in me? When I cared more about me, than about one of God's children? What do I do when I saw a lack of boldness in me? What do I do? Do I lower the standard? Do I beat myself up? No. What do I do? I run to him. I depend on him. How do you depend on Jesus? Worship and prayer. See, worship and prayer is the evidence you depend on the Lord. It's the way you get filled with the Spirit. It's the way you lean on the grace of God. It's an act of faith. Worship and prayer tells God you really believe Him. And if you're going to be constantly 
If you're going to walk consistently like Christ, the ministry of Christ, the character of Christ, you're going to have to be constantly filled, inebriated. And if you're going to be constantly filled, you need to constantly do what? Drink of the Spirit. And if you're going to constantly drink of the Spirit, what do we have to do? We have to praise Him, don't we? Constantly. Prayer and worship, a lifestyle of prayer and worship is evidence we depend on God. So what do I do when I see lack in me? I run to the Lord. And I say, God, I confess my sin. Lord, I confess I was selfish. Lord, I need you. Lord, I see fear in me, and I ask you, fill me with your spirit. Give me boldness to preach your gospel with signs and wonders. Lord, give me your heart, your compassion. I want to love people like you love them. God, I'm crying out to you. Lord, I thank you that your word said that you will fill me. I thank you, Lord, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See what I'm saying? When, do, what, when I see lack in my faith, in my confidence, what do I do? I go to the Lord. Abraham, instead of Abraham, he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Do I need to analyze my faith? Oh, if I had more faith, I don't really feel like I have faith. Do I need to do that? I mean, I've done that, okay? Do I need to beat myself up, analyze my faith? I don't know if I have enough faith. Well, a lot of times we do that. Do I have enough? Do I have mustard seed faith? Boy, I don't know if I have mustard seed faith. It's like, get over the mustard seed thing, you know? Abraham was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So guess what I do? I guess I don't have enough faith. Lord, I just give you glory now. You're faithful. You're faithful. Your promises are true. You will do what you said. I thank you, Lord. You may do what you said, Lord. God, fill me with your spirit. Do it, God. Do it. You do it. What am I doing? I'm depending on him. Because here's what happens. It's all by his grace. And guess what? If he doesn't do it, it's not going to happen. But if I don't depend on him, it's not going to happen either. Don't think it just happens automatically. We've got to do this. Be filled with spirit. Speaking psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to one another. See, I look, I look at what God wants to do. See, I'm believing the Lord for stuff in my life. I'm not done, right? If I was done, I'd be in heaven, chilling with Jesus, waiting for us to come back to earth. I mean, I'm not done yet. My calling's not done. I have things I'm believing God for, right? And guess what? They really have nothing to do with me. I'm good. If I don't believe God, guess who misses out? You and a lot of other people in this community. I'm believing God for you. My calling is to lead you into your promised land. If I don't believe God, you miss out. And there are people out here who need Jesus and who need discipleship. How many people, they just they disconnected from the church. Maybe it's sin or maybe it's just discouragement, whatever. And they need a church to be discipled, that fellowship. Right? I have a calling on my life. So what do I do when I see lack in me? I say, Lord... I come to him, and he says to me, I'm going to do this in your life. If this isn't your idea, I'm going to multiply these churches. I'm going to get these disciples. I'm going to do it. Okay, okay, sure. And I say, God, it's your will. It's not my will. It's your will. It's your will. I'm not yelling at God. I just, this is the, you know, confidence here, you know, passion. It's, God, it's you. It's you, God. You're going to do it. I need you. But Lord, I, don't, I see a lack in me. I see a lack of faith a lot of times. I see a lack of leadership ability. I see a lack of wisdom. What are, we gonna, what are you going to do with me? Guess what I do? I cry out to God. I cry out to God. You do it. You do it. You do it, God. Change me. Change me. Make me the man that you could be. 
And listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to me. And I, I know he's saying it to you. Listen, David, if I can do it in the past, I can do it again. In fact, the Holy Spirit corrected me this week. It's in Revelation with many of you guys reading Revelation. Holy Spirit, remember how you received and heard. David, remember how you received and heard. Yes, Lord. How did I receive and heard? He's saying, if I could set you free from lust, and that was a lot harder than the other stuff, right? If, if I could set you free from that, if I can give you breakthrough, if I, can, if I can provide for your family and bring blessing to your family on many levels, if I can do that, I can do what you're asking me now. And if I've done it then, I'll do it again. Did you hear that? Lord, if you did it then, you'll do it again. You'll do it again. If you could do it in that area of my life, then you'll do it again in another area of my life. If I believed you then, I'm going to believe you now. Do you see what I'm saying? And the Lord said, David, remember how you did it. Remember how you received. How did I receive, Lord? Be filled with spirit, speaking psalms, and spiritual songs to one another. I've never gotten breakthrough except by his power when I threw myself at the mercy of God and I had no other hope but the Lord. And I said, God, if you don't show up, I got nothing. And guess what happens? He says, I'm going to show myself strong on your behalf. This is what the Lord began to show me. He says, if I can multiply churches and I'm in you, you can do it. Sounds pretty biblical. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? He's in me. He's in you. If the Lord has called you to do something, if he can, you can. Not your strength. That's not like new age stuff. You know what I'm talking about. He's the vine. You're the branches, right? If you depend on him, he will show himself strong on your behalf. If he can, you can. And the Lord is inviting us to be a people of his presence and a people who depend on the Lord. Amen? This is what the Lord wants to do. And so in my own life, the Lord is calling me even deeper into this. He's calling me to praise him. Sometimes I get weary. It's really just unbelief, right? But the Lord is calling me to worship him with an abandon, to give him the glory that's due his name. And he's calling me to cry out to him, to worship him like I believe him, that he's going to do it. And to cry out to him as if I have no other option, because I don't. And he'll do it. He will show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. You guys remember Jehoshaphat? Some of you are like, who? Second Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. He's a good man. Three nations come against him. Three nations, Second Chronicles 20. Three nations. He is way over his head. He is He's shot. He has no other hope. Now, he could have ran to other nations. He could have given money to pay other nations. He could have hired mercenaries. He could have done a lot of things. But in Second Chronicles 20, it says he was afraid, and so he sought the Lord. There's a lot of times where you and I get afraid, and we look to other things. But what did Jehoshaphat do? He sought the Lord. Now, what, what did that look like? What, did that look, what do you mean he sought the Lord? He, he, he decided to seek God. What does that mean? Worship and prayer. He called the nation together. He called all the people together. And basically, they, they, let's fast. By the way, fasting is just a catalyst for prayer and worship. Whole another message. They started fasting. They, they cried out to God. The first thing they did, God, 
Aren't you the God who gave us this land? Aren't you the God who delivered us? Aren't you the God who came through in the past? God, we need your help. They cried out to God. They're crying out to God like I'm talking about today. They're totally in over their heads. They have no ability in them own, their own selves to defeat this army. They're crying out to God as a nation in unity. And a, the a Holy Spirit comes on a prophet. And the prophet says, the Lord's going to fight this battle for you. You don't need to worry. You're not even going to have to fight this one. He's going to go before you and fight this one. Praise God. What do you do when God says something like that? Guess what they did? They worshipped. That's what the Bible says. It says they worshipped and they gathered the instrument players. Right? They got the Sean O'Grady's, the Kohathites and the Korathites. They got the instruments out and they started praising the Lord. Guess what they did? They started boasting. You're going to do it, God. You're the God who fights our battles. You're the one who's going to come through for us. They cried out to God in prayer and then they worshiped the Lord because he had made a promise to them. They did that that night. The next morning they wake up because they have to go out to the battle. The Lord told them where to go. But he said, you're not even going to have to fight this one. They get up and Jehoshaphat, I believe the Lord put on his heart. Jehoshaphat got all the people together and said, you guys, stand firm in the faith. God will establish us if we'll stand in faith. You know, there's another scripture that says this. In Isaiah 7, 9, it says, if you do not stand in faith, you will not stand at all. It's the word of the Lord. If we do not stand in faith, we will not stand at all. The Lord is calling us to 100% dependence on him. Only him, only him, only him. No idols, no idols. And the Lord is calling us, no compromise, to depend on the Lord. And the Lord is saying, if you'll stand in faith, I'll go before you and fight for you. So Jehoshaphat told the people that, right? And then they start worshiping. And Jehoshaphat asked the people, hey, I think we should put the worshipers out in front. You want to know why? You know, we, we heard the word of the Lord yesterday and we worshiped. Let's not stop. You know, that's what I think was going on in his mind. Constant filling requires constant praise, right? You want to see the power of God flow into every day? You can sing some songs at church, but what happens when you go to work on Monday? What happens when you look at the bill and you're afraid? Do you see God? Do you see God? When you hear news that's not good, do you see God? Does it make sense? No, I thank you, Lord. You're my provider. Thank you, Lord. Father, I need you to come through for me. They sought God. And so Jehoshaphat says, let's put the worshipers out in front. Dude, you got to either come through or you're all dead, right? They put the, I mean, come on. I mean, you, all you got is a guitar, you know what I mean? Either the Lord comes through or you're dead, right, Sean? I mean, you know, so, so, so they put the worshipers out in front. And guess what happened? The, the Lord sent ambushes and caused the three armies to kill each other. When the, when the Israelites finally got there, they're all dead and they grabbed the spoils. Man, this is not just some myth. This is not a Sunday school story. This is real. This is real. When the cards are stacked against you, when you have nothing, but you would cry out to God, he's going to show himself strong on your behalf. He's going to release his power if you'll praise him. Amen? I will bless the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and so shall I be saved from my enemies. Amen? It's as you praise him, he goes before you and fights for you. Listen, as you worship the Lord, he's doing stuff in your heart, and he's doing stuff in the spiritual realm to bring down strongholds and to release blessing in your life. I've been thinking about Obed-Edom all day. I mean, all week. Obed-Edom. You know who that is? Obed-Edom. The ark of God came into Obed-Edom's house and everything was blessed. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You're working hard, but all of a sudden you find everything you put your hand to is just that much more blessed. 
Your crops are growing bigger. I mean, I'm telling you, Obed-Edom, it was tangible. Everybody saw, hey, Obed-Edom was blessed. David saw Obed-Edom was blessed and was like, hey, I'm going to take the ark for me now. They were like, I want that blessing. Can you imagine if in your marriage there was just a lift, a buoyancy, a grace that caused you to be able to communicate, to see breakthrough in a greater way? Can you imagine just the peace and the joy of the Lord filling your home? Can you imagine you put your hand to to go to work or to go look for a job and the grace of God just causing you to... And even as you're looking, peace is there instead of anxiety. See, can you imagine the blessing of the Lord lifting everything you're doing? That's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to saturate us with His Spirit and fill us with His Spirit and saturate our whole lives with His presence. And what happens when His presence comes? His blessing. That's what He wants to do. If we'll praise Him, amen? If we'll praise Him. Let's do it, huh? What the Lord is asking us, I want to encourage you. Praise Him all day. I mean, praise Him all day, all week. All day, all week, all throughout the week. Let's come back next week that much more filled. Praise Him all week. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Mutter the promises of God under your breath all day at work. Now, if you're a teacher or something like that, don't, you know, don't freak people out. But let's say, or let's say you're stuck in traffic. Let's say you're stuck in traffic. Just start shouting praise to God. They'll think you're mad anyways at the traffic. Like, it doesn't matter, you know? Just put, you know, keep your eyes open. But, like, but I want to encourage you, constantly be filled this week and every week by constantly praising Him and crying out to Him. Bring everything to the Lord and fill this whole week with songs of praise. But, of course... We start right now, amen? Let's let today be the beginning of a lifestyle of prayer and worship. Yeah, and a lifestyle of dependence on the Lord, amen? Let's do it. Let's stand up, come on. Let's do it. Let's praise the Lord. Today, and and you say, well, how do I do that? Just worship Him. Worship Him. So right now, with abandon, amen? With all of our hearts, don't, don't check out. Focus on the Lord and give Him today a sacrifice of praise. The kids are fine and and we're just going to give the Lord some time right now. Let's give Him all of our hearts. Let's do it. Let's praise Him. Surrender to your God and declare and say to Him there's nothing that He cannot do. So on the count of three, however you want to say that, we're just going to declare to Him that nothing is impossible with God. So one two, three. There is nothing impossible with God. There is nothing impossible with God. Thank you. Father, thank you that you will plan us, Lord God, where you have us, Lord. And as we water those seeds, as we dig those, as we dig that ground, and as we plant those seeds, and as we stand on your word, God, that we will see fruitfulness flow. God, we already see it in our church, God, and we want to see it in our individual lives, Lord. And I thank you for Pastor David sending the example of I'm either going to walk away and walk into sin, or I'm going to go down believing God. I'm going to go down worshiping. I'm going to go down in faith. Nothing can stand against me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I just encourage you to worship this morning in faith victorious. You are a victorious warrior in Christ.
to heal um, wrists and ankles today specifically. And if you have any other physical need, I encourage you to go back and the the prayer teams are back there already. Um, We're going to maybe continue to sing a little bit. But um, go ahead and make your way back there. Specifically, if you have a wrist injury or an ankle, feel it around. If it hurts, go back there and get prayer. And um, we're going to close our, the end of our service right now. Um, please get prayer. If you could stay after um, the last song is done uh, and help clean up the tables and chairs and also help with the worship team, that would be awesome. And go ahead and get your kids at that time. You're awesome. God bless you guys this week.